Good to have you here tonight, and I'd like you to take your Bibles to begin with here tonight. We'll be turning to the book of Acts, Acts chapter uh, 28, and we'll be reading through the same verses that we looked at last week as we consider some more thoughts on tools for evangelism here tonight. I'm going to kind of end our uh, our times fo- uh, focusing on different Bible studies that are out there here tonight, but I'm going to introduce you to a number of them that could be valuable to you to be used in ministry. And so we'll consider some tools for personal evangelism again here tonight, some other helpful Bible study tools. Acts chapter 28, starting verse number 22, it says, But we desire to hear of thee what thou thinkest for as concerning this sect. We know that every word is spoken against. And when they had appointed him a day, there came many to him to his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified uh, the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law and Moses, and out of the prophets from morning till evening. And some believed in the things that were spoken, and some believed not. And when they agreed not among themselves, they departed after Paul had spoken one word, while spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah, the prophets, unto our fathers, saying, Go unto this people, and saying, Hear ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and not perceive. For the heart of this people is grass, uh, wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart. It should be converted, and I should heal them. Be known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles, and that they will hear it. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed, and had great reasoning among themselves, and Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house, and received all that came unto him, preaching the kingdom of God, and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. Tonight I want to look at some other helpful Bible studies. Let's pray as we consider this thought tonight. Father, we do thank you again for your word here tonight. Do ask you that you would just help us again as uh, those who are saved here tonight to, to see maybe again where there might be some other um, Bible studies that they might uh, look into or use to seek to reach people with the truth. Again, as we consider some thoughts here from the Word of God here tonight, uh, again, just pray that you'd help us with it and uh, help it to be a help and a blessing to hear. We pray this in Jesus' name for his sake. Amen. And I'm just going to give you... Uh, uh, some other Bible studies that you can use. I, I uh, again, introduced you to a few that I believe we could use or should use. Uh, we looked at the Eternal Life Bible study. Again, that's from John and Romans. We uh, considered that over several weeks. Again, that's from Oak Harbor, Washington. It's a question-answer study. And again, most of you were here for that. And as a result, uh, you would know what that's about. But that's a good Bible study, Eternal Life Bible study. Again, uh, secondly, we looked at Salvation Basics Bible study. Again, that's produced by... Uh, Doug Hammett and Lehigh Valley Baptist Church out in, in Pennsylvania. Again, a good Bible study, and uh, certainly, again, uh, one could look at that. Uh, we looked at last week just a, a Bible study of looking at salvation from a biblical perspective. And uh, certainly, again, last week's study was a study on how to be saved from the Bible in kind of a very short uh, segment. Um, I want to just mention eight other Bible studies that I'm familiar with. I'm sure there's hundreds probably of Bible studies out there put out by different churches in different languages amongst different people. But again, I'll just mention some here tonight. I'm just going to give you the name of these studies and maybe the church they're associated with and they're things that maybe you could use down the road. Some of you would know about them, some wouldn't know about them. Anyways, I just want to mention, first of all, and there's no particular order to this, but Foundations for Salvation Bible Study. Uh, some of you are uh, familiar with uh, Jerry Wilhite and uh, the work he's done in Africa over the years. He's had a free correspondence Bible study, five lessons long, a largely question-answer study, very basic study, and uh, deals with salvation, and, and very good. And uh, very similar to the one uh, that Doug Hammond has there, too, and it's you can get that study through Ambassadors Baptist Ministries, 
And uh, if you'd like, that's free for the offering, free for the overview if you'd like. Uh, secondly, I want to mention here tonight, there's also another study that's out there on the internet, and I think there's probably hard copies of it out there too. It's a foundational Bible study. Uh, it's considered, its subtopic is the most important study. And again, that's put out by Pastor Thomas Ross, and you can find that study on faithsaves.net. It's very sound, it's very extensive. If someone wants to read a lot, you really want to understand the ins and outs of salvation, I would say that's probably the best study that I've seen out there. It's very extensive on salvation, sin, everything. And again, I mean, I'm talking like it's not an hour a week type of study. It's, it's more extensive than that. And so, but really good nonetheless. Seven parts to it. Uh, there's another uh, Bible study out there. And again, this is associated also with Oak Harbor, Washington. It's called the Things Eternal Bible Study. Now, this is different than the one that we were looking at, but it considers five eternal things. And again, this is for someone who wants to study eternal things. It, it has, for study number one is on the eternal God. Study two is on eternal scripture. Study three is on the eternal son. Study four is on the eternal soul. And the last one is on eternal salvation. And if you were studying with someone that maybe wants to be saved, you'd probably just do three, four, and five. The Son, the soul, and salvation. I mean, if they believe in the scriptures, they believe in the eternal God, there wouldn't be any reason necessarily to study those other studies. But things eternal, Bible study, very good, has a lot of good information. It's just a read kind of a study. It's not like uh, the other study, the eternal life Bible study that they have where you fill in the bank. This is just you read about God, you read about the scriptures, you read about the soul, you read about the son, you read about salvation. And again, very, very good and another good Bible study. And then there's uh, on the back table, you'll see the seven steps to God Bible study. Again, this deals with the soul, scriptures, salvation too. And this is another study. It is seven parts. Uh, most of you are familiar with it. It's on the back table. Then there's another study I just want to mention here that, again, I just was introduced to not very long ago, and actually two different studies. I knew that he had done them, but uh, Brother Jeff Lane, uh, missionary Jeff Lane, has done a Creation to Christ study. Now, this is probably something you could use with someone who knows nothing about God. It was used in Southeast Asia, and again, it's a Creation to Christ Bible study. I believe it's 26 lessons long. And so it's, again, a good study to bring someone to a position that they understand who God is all the way to Christ. He also did another study, and I, I, I've looked at this, but don't know. I haven't read it through in detail. It's, it's not that long, but it's a study that uh, Brother Lane put together. And it's how to find God, how to find God. It's, again, a, a study that he put together himself. It has pictures, it has reading etc. I would say it's probably, it has many lessons, but really I think it's probably a four hour or so study. And again, a good one uh, that you could consider. And then I want to just mention, we've had these studies at our church for some time in, in the back. Uh, it used to be on the back table, but I believe in the, on the back wall you have four personal Bible studies that I wrote and put together. They are question answer studies. I don't know that, uh, again, uh, we've used them a lot, but again, they're topical studies, and they deal with, uh, I believe, uh, topics that people can uh, cause them to think. And so we'll actually look at one of those studies here tonight. Uh, it deals with the natural man. And then I just want to mention, also we have on the back wall and on the back table, a booklet. And again, this is the ultimate questions. And this is written and produced by John Blanchard. And again, as a good study on the subject of salvation, especially maybe to someone who's a doubter, maybe someone who's not so familiar with the scriptures, but it uses a lot of scriptures there and cites a lot of scriptures uh, to try to point a person to salvation in Jesus Christ. And so those are some eight other studies uh, that you could uh, use. And again, if you have questions about each of those studies or what they might have in them or they, what they might not have in them, uh, I certainly am familiar with them to some degree, and so you can also find them online or through those different churches or find them here in our church. But let's take our Bibles here tonight, 
And let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I want us to consider a supplemental study that I put together several years ago, and it deals with the subject of the natural man. Now, these studies are found in the back. There's four of them. They deal with different subjects, and they are to provoke people to thinking concerning maybe their spiritual life. And so the first one is on the natural man, and so we'll consider some thoughts on that here tonight. And when you're maybe going to do this study, you might use this as a first study. You might use this before you do any other Bible study. You might use it possibly uh, in a place where maybe you're done with a four-part series or seven-part or six-part, and just kind of go through it because it gives different information, uh, somewhat supplemental information that could be helpful to bringing someone to Jesus Christ. And so let's go ahead and read 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I like to read verse number 9 through verse number 16. You or I are either a spiritual man, someone who's been saved, regenerated by the power of God, or we are a natural man, someone who is earthly and yet not a believing person. And so this study deals with that thought. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Again, this is in, uh, this is in the back, and certainly, again, we can produce more of them in the back. If uh, you have interest in this study, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 9, it says, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither enter in the heart of man the things which God hath uh, prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of the Spirit, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but by the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we may know those things which are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not with words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Tonight I'd like to continue our study on Bible studies. Let's consider some thoughts on the natural man here tonight. Let's pray together before we do. Father, thank you again for your word. Ask, Lord, that you'd help this study to be of help to the hearer. Father, again, as we uh, consider some of the thoughts from this Bible study that, again, uh, that deals with the natural man and the spiritual man, I pray that each one here tonight could see maybe where they stand before God. Help us, Lord, uh, by your grace and according to your word to see where we stand spiritually. We pray this in uh, Jesus' precious name and for his sake. Amen. Now, this study deals with the natural man and the spiritual man. I just want to say this. I'd never heard about the natural man when it comes to the Bible before I was saved. Never heard. Not one time. The natural man? Who's the natural man? Who's the spiritual man? These are things I never heard before I was saved by grace. And so this study is to introduce them to the fact that people start out natural and can become spiritual. That doesn't mean some people are smart and some people aren't so smart. That just means that some people uh, can understand the Bible and some can understand the Bible. This is where, again, someone might say, well, I, just, I try to read the Bible, but I just can't get anything out of this thing. The natural man is not going to understand the scriptures like the spiritual man. I have you turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. We'll come back here to 1 Corinthians again here. I'm... Uh, but 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and uh, verse number 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 5. Purpose of a study like this is to help someone examine their faith. Maybe what they believe. Maybe what they don't believe. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. It says, examine yourself whether you be in the faith. Prove your own self. Know ye not your own self. How that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. It's good for us to examine. Examine ourselves. Examine ourselves if we have the right kind of faith. And so in this study, I have as one of the, the entrants there, the profile 
or the condition of a natural man. What is the profile or the condition of a natural man? Well, let's go back to our text there, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, at verse number 14. What is the condition of the natural man? By nature, he is not able to comprehend the things of the Spirit of God because he does not have the Spirit of God. Doesn't have it. People don't have the Spirit to begin with and lose it. People don't have the Spirit to get, uh, uh, begin with and just have it enlightened. They just don't have the Spirit. And I want to show you this from the Bible and also from this study. Verse 14, it says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Let's turn over, if we could, to the book of Jude. The natural man is a stranger to the new birth. He cannot understand how spiritually, maybe how a second birth can make him different, but he needs a second birth because he needs the Spirit of God to dwell in him. Let's turn over here to the little book of Jude, just before the book of Revelation. It might shock some to see that those that are lost don't have the Spirit but the Bible teaches this, and here we see this in the book of Jude. Jude, uh, chapter 1, of course, verse number 17, it says, But beloved, remember you the words which are spoken before the apostles of our Lord Jesus, how that they were told that there shall be mockers in the last time, who shall walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit, having not the Spirit. People that just don't have the Spirit. The Spirit, again, is the Holy Spirit there. They have not the Spirit. The natural man cannot think and do after the spiritual because he doesn't think along those lines. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, when it comes to spiritual matters, uh, they are foolishness to him, the Bible says here, over in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Religion uh, might be okay, but uh, having salvation that truly transforms and changes the life, uh, that will seem, uh, again, foolish to the natural man. Can we see this term natural man over in 1 Corinthians chapter 2? And verse number 15, it says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness, foolish unto him, because uh, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And so, again, many times, again, a person who is natural will say, well, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. This doesn't seem to make sense. And someone says, why doesn't this make sense? Well, look at verse 13. Because the Spirit of God needs to be there as a teacher, as a comforter, as someone within a person, for them to understand the things of the Spirit. Verse 13, it says, Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but that which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. And so we see, again, the profile of the, law, of the, the natural man is he is a person who doesn't have the Spirit. He's void of the Spirit. Bible describes in Jude as these, again, having being sensual, having not the Spirit. How does one get the Spirit? Well, back to 1 Corinthians 2, verse number 12, it says, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world. And again, we certainly can have that Spirit, it says, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. And so it mentions here in the Bible, we have received the Spirit which is of God. And so the Scripture teaches either one has the Spirit or doesn't have the Spirit. One is either natural and sensual, operating after the flesh and after their old nature, or they have the Spirit. Let's turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now, again, we find also in the Bible that, there, that man is made out of three parts. And all three of those parts are needful for a man to truly be functional. Uh, functional in the sense of being both spiritual and able to be a good citizen, able to be a good 
person and do those things what God would have them to do. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5 and uh, verse number 23, the Bible says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus. You see, man is a thri-part or three-part being there, spirit, soul, and body. And these things will be preserved under the coming of the Lord Jesus. And so we see in the Bible there's some that are void of the Holy Spirit. There are some void of spiritual understanding. And that has nothing to do with intellect to a large degree. Someone says, well, if I just was smarter, I'd figure it out. That's not the way it is. But as we consider the profile of a natural man, not only does the Bible says he doesn't have the spirit, but let's turn over to Isaiah chapter 59. The, the natural man doesn't really understand the way of peace. He doesn't understand it. He can't really know it. Uh, Isaiah chapter 59, let's turn over there. He might know a way of peace, but he's not really going to know the way of God's peace. He's not going to understand God's peace. Not the way a spiritual man would understand it. Notice here in Isaiah chapter 59, verse number 8 through verse number 11, it says, The way of peace they know not. There's no judgment in their goings. They have made their paths crooked. Whosoever goeth therein shall not know peace. Therefore is judgment far from us, neither do they do justice overtake them, and we wait for light, and we behold obscurity for brightness, and we walk in darkness, we grope for the wall like blind, and we grope uh, as if we had no eyes, we stumble at the noonday, at the night, we are as desolate places as dead men. goes on and says some more things there, but you find there in the Bible, without this, this spiritual part, people wander around without having peace. The way it pays they know not. The way of peace, they know not. And so you can find a person that's never truly at peace. They will never be at peace as a natural man, but that's where they're at. Let's turn to Jeremiah chapter 5, the natural man. Give this study again is just to enlighten a person on there's a difference between people. And some people look at people as, you know, either religious or not religious. You might look at people different frames and, and different kinds. They uh, might you know, say this person's this way and that person's that way. But this is really to help them understand how a natural man thinks, but also what the Bible says about it. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 5 and verse number 4, the Bible says, Therefore I said, Surely they are poor, they are foolish, for they know not the way of the Lord, nor the judgment of their God. They know not the way of the Lord. They don't understand how God operates. They don't get why God operates like he does. They have many questions. Why would God do this? Why judgment like this, etc.? They don't understand mercy. They don't understand grace, holiness, righteousness, truth. To them, it seems foolish. To them, it seems like it doesn't maybe make sense much at all. Let's turn, if you would, to the little book of Micah, going towards the Old Testament there. We have Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, and then uh, the little book of Micah, Micah chapter 4. The natural man doesn't know the way of peace. The natural man doesn't know the way of the Lord. The natural man doesn't know the thoughts of God. Micah chapter 4, verse number 12, it says, But they know not the thoughts of the Lord, neither understand they his counsel, for they shall gather them as sheaves to the floor. And uh, as a result, they'll be destroyed. But it says, for, But they know not the thoughts of the Lord. The natural man doesn't understand the Lord. The Bible counsel, maybe, and God's counsel to them seems to lack reason, logic, understanding. And so the thoughts of the Lord might seem foreign to them, seem strange to them. Thoughts of the cross, salvation, love, forgiveness, grace, mercy, all these things are hard for them to understand. Let's turn to Acts chapter 8. Who's an example of a natural man? 
Well, let's turn back to Acts chapter 8. We've looked at this guy throughout our study on evangelism. And although a man, again, who may be a natural man, might be somewhat spiritual, they might want to worship God, they may even worship God to some extent, they really can't understand the Bible without help. And so we see this in Acts chapter 8 with the Ethiopian eunuch. And uh, we read through this passage as is a good example of someone who was natural but not yet spiritual. Acts chapter 8, verse 26, The angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth to, uh, to Jerusalem, unto Gaza, which is desert. And he rose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of the treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, and read Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to the chariot. And Philip ran thither to him, and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understand thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I? Except some man should guide me. He desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. This man was a religious man, reading the Bible, just like most people today read the Bible. But he says, how can I understand except someone guide me? This natural man knew that he needed really actually a spiritual man to help him to understand the word of God. And without the Holy Spirit, they're going to lack understanding. And this man lacked understanding. And he tried to worship God. Verse number 27, it says, and he rose and went, and behold, there's a man of Ethiopian, a eunuch of great authority, who had come uh, with the treasuries to come to Jerusalem for to worship. He wanted to worship. Uh, this natural man, just like every natural man, they, they desire to worship. Every natural person wants to worship to some degree, but he wanted to worship God in spirit and in truth, and so he was reading the Bible. This Ethiopian tried to worship God, but he did so without the Spirit. And Philip, a friend and spiritual man, came to him and taught him about Jesus. Let's just skip to verse 35. Then Philip opened his mouth and pre began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And so we see, again, a spiritual man point a natural man to salvation in Jesus Christ, and that's what's needed. And so we see in the Bible the need for spiritual men and natural men to be made up. Otherwise, understanding will not be understood. Let's turn to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. We're so close there. Romans chapter 3, verse number 11. All of us, are, all of us start out in that position of being natural. Not spiritual, but natural. We don't have the Spirit of God. We're not born with the Spirit of God. Every child is not born with the Spirit of God. They need the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God comes into the, their life at salvation. It can be shown there uh, from Ephesians and other passages of scriptures. Uh, Romans chapter 3, verse number 11, it says this, There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. There is none that understandeth. We don't look at the Ethiopian, oh, he just wasn't smart enough. He needs somebody else to help him out. No, the Bible says there is none that understand. There is none that seeketh after God. That's natural for us. And so in part, again, why we don't seek those things, because we look at the preaching of cross differently. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Without that spirit in us as a teacher, as a comforter, as a guide, we see many things that are of great value as having very little value. And now usually that manifests itself in life somewhere along the lines. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 18 says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us that are saved, it's the power of God. Preaching is just foolish. It's a waste of time. It's not worth the effort. It's not worth the money. I don't know why people do that. It doesn't make any sense to me. Someone says it's a natural man for people to go off to Africa or Asia or go to South America to put their lives in danger to use their life to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we see they lack understanding. 
We see the profile of the natural man. He's void of the spirit. He's void of God's given spiritual understanding. He's void of understanding spiritual things. Let me say secondly, in this Bible study, we look at the pursuits of the natural man. Let's turn to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, the pursuits of the natural man. What does the natural man uh, go after? Where are his pursuits in life? Where will he end or she end when it comes to the things of God or the things of the world? Well, we see here in John chapter 3, verse number 19, the Bible says, And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world, but men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. And so what's the pursuit of the natural man? He loves darkness. He loves sin. He loves to operate in the flesh. He's sensual. He has not the spirit. She has not the spirit. They love darkness. They live in darkness. Let's turn to Psalm chapter 82. Now, someone might say, well, that's not, I'm not really that spiritual man. I'm not that, that natural man. That's just not me. I understand that people can pursue God. They can read the Bible, as we see the Ethiopian did. Uh, there are people, again, like Cornelius, that can fear God and that sort of thing, but yet not be regenerate. In uh, Psalm chapter 82, in verse number 5, the Bible says, They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. They walk on in darkness. They love darkness. They walk on in darkness. If one would closely examine their life, they would see they're really in spiritual darkness. They have religion, but they don't have salvation. They may read the scriptures, but they still don't have the spirit. And so they're in darkness. Let's turn to Romans chapter 6. It's good for them to maybe see this, maybe at some point. Maybe you go through Bible study with them, and you go through one of those Bible studies I mentioned, or one of these other ones that I talked about here tonight, and you find them in a position where they just maybe just think, you know, Maybe I'm just one of these people that's kind of in that in-between place. I'm not saved. I'm not lost. I'm not spiritual. I'm not carnal. I'm not natural. I'm not someone who doesn't have the Spirit. Let's read here again, Romans chapter 6, verse number 20 and verse number 21. But every person is either in one position or another. And uh, the Bible mentions this again here in Romans chapter 6, verse 20 and 21. It says, For when ye were the servants of sin. He's talking to everybody here. He's writing this letter. Ye were the servants of sins. You're free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things wherein ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now be made free from sin and become Servants to God. You have your fruit unto holiness and the end, everlasting life. You're trying to show them there's a before and after. There's a natural man, there's a spiritual man. There's one who was a servant of sin, which I was a servant of sin, and now there's one who has become, look at verse 20, to become, I have that circle, but become servants to God. Don't start there naturally, they aren't there by nature. The natural man serves sin. He serves darkness. He's more inclined towards darkness than light. To the light, he shies away. Turn to Colossians chapter 1. So you have churches like this one and others that omit a lot of light as far as the light of truth. And, and do people come to churches that teach the truth and, and uh, tell people the truth and are advocates of the truth? No, you'll find again... People don't normally come to those kinds of churches because they naturally love their darkness. They live in darkness. They walk in darkness. They serve darkness. They're servants of sin. They're not servants of righteousness yet. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 12 through verse number 14. But we also see here in the Bible, the pursuits of the natural man can become the pursuits of a saved man or a spiritual man. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 12, it says, Giving thanks to the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers in the inheritance of the saints in light, 
who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And so you see in the Bible, someone delivered and transferred or translated from one kingdom to another, from the darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. And so a natural man may be moral or we might think him more immoral. He might be religious or he might be irreligious. He might be a nice guy or a nice gal. It might seem to appear, you know, pretty decent, whatever it might be. But they live a life of darkness. They don't understand the scriptures. They don't understand the things of God. They live a life of darkness. They like the darkness more than they love the light. And that's where they are. But the Bible mentions there, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. Some people come out of darkness and are translated into the kingdom of his dear son. And that happens in salvation. Let's turn to Acts chapter 26. It may be that someone here tonight is in that position. Someone next door to you is in that position. Some friend or some relative of yours is in that position. They're in a position of they're still in spiritual darkness. They'd like to understand the Bible, but they can't perceive those things. They think maybe if I turn over a leaf or, or maybe I get religious or whatever it might be, or I follow some program of some kind, I'll be where I need to be spiritually. What they need is salvation. And so Acts chapter 26, starting verse 17, they need someone to bring the words of salvation to them as Paul did to the Gentiles and to the Jews, as is mentioned in this passage. In verse 17, it says this, Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles, unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes, the eyes of the Gentiles, to turn them, that's the Gentiles, from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto heavenly vision, but showed first unto those of Damascus and uh, Jerusalem and, and throughout all the coast of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. Again, for the natural man, there's something that will take him out of that natural condition, and that is the gospel message. We see the gospel message change lives. We see it change the life of Saul. We see it change the life of Matthew and Peter and others in the Bible. But that transformation might be different depending on who it is. Let's turn to Mark chapter 5. You know, I don't think, and again, I'm just saying this, I don't know exactly what the life of Cornelius was like before he was saved. The Bible talks about him fearing God already. You know, God-fearing people, they're fears of God already, but they still need to be put in a place of salvation. Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, and that's certainly a good place to be. I believe the Ethiopian was searching for God. Maybe something had occurred in his life, and now he was searching and seeking for God, wanted to worship God, but he didn't understand the spiritual. But sometimes you see in salvation a, a powerful transportation take place, and we see this in demoniac. I'd like to read a little bit here. I encourage you to read through this whole passage. Maybe when you're studying with someone, do this study, but uh, let's read here to begin with. Mark chapter 5, verse number 1 through verse number 5, we'll see the condition of the demoniac of Gadara, certainly in a very deep, dark place spiritually. And they came over to the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes, and when they had come to the ship, there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling amongst the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because he had often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains being plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken to pieces, neither could any man tame him, and always night and day he was in the mountains, in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones." There's a guy that really needs help, I think. He's in a place of great darkness. He's cutting himself. He's hurting himself. 
He's dwelling amongst the tombs. He's possessed of the devil. The Bible says he is a, verse number two, it says, met out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. This spirit, this unclean spirit is dwelling in him. Not the spirit of God, but this spirit in him. In verse number 15 of this chapter, if you turn there, we're just going to go forward here in the Bible. I'm not going to look at this account. You can look at this in more detail for yourself or uh, when you're uh, dealing with another person about salvation and the natural man. But notice in verse 15 what happened to this man. And they come to Jesus and seeing him who was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. That's absolutely a great transformation. I mean, a guy who was possessed of the devil, certainly in the deepest of darkness, People are scared. Hey, this guy is different. He's in his right mind, and he's clothed. He is not a guy who's normally clothed. This is a guy who normally would cut himself. It couldn't be handled even with chains. And he was transformed by the grace of God. This transformation changed this man, both in his exterior and also in his interior. The Bible says there in verse 16, and they that saw it told them how it befell him that he was possessed with the devil and also with the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of the coast. And when they had come to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. He wants to be with Jesus. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not and said unto him, Go thy way to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord had done for thee and had compassion on thee. So this demon-possessed man was transformed. He was told again to talk to other people about what had happened to him. And notice what he does in verse 20. It says, and he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. Wow. Amazing what happened to this man. Truth is life is changed from a life of darkness to a life of light. By the power of God through salvation in the Son. Our part is to believe on the Lord to be saved. Let's turn to John chapter 1. Our part is to repent and turn to God, as it says there in Acts chapter 26. Repent, that is to turn away from our iniquities, turn from our life, turn from our false faith, turn from maybe our, our, our thoughts about works for salvation, maybe again about our goodness or our righteousness, uh, again, turn from all those things, maybe turn from our religions and trust in God. Romans chapter 1 here, and uh, verse number 12, it says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And so we see here the demoniac transformed by God. He becomes a child of God by believing on the Lord. His life is genuinely changed. His life is different. He's not cutting himself, and he's not dwelling in the tombs anymore. He wants to be with Jesus. And then when Jesus says, don't do this, then he's obedient to Jesus. Says, Tell your friends about what they've done to me. And he begins to do these things because he's now a sheep that follows Jesus. Let's turn to 1 John chapter 1. In discerning whether one is a spiritual man or a natural man, it's many times, I believe, beneficial for a person to examine their faith against 1 John. And if you ever doubt your salvation, or I doubt my salvation, this is a good place to go. I was talking to another person about this not long ago, that uh, I believe it was about two years after I was saved by grace, that I began to doubt my salvation because of a message I heard. And I was told to go to this book and look at this book and compare this book with my life and see where I am spiritually. And I, I think in this book you'll see where someone who has the mind of Christ and is spiritual will have a different walk. Notice his walk here, the walk of a spiritual man. 1 John chapter 1, verse number 5 through verse number 7, it says, this then is the message which we have heard and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. 
If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie not and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sins. And so the spirit, spiritual man, what does he do? He walks in light. He walks in truth. We're used to walk in darkness. And he used to walk in lies. He used to walk contrary to the word of God. It's a new walk. Spiritual man has a new walk. First John chapter 2, verse number 3 and verse number 4, this natural man will seek to obey God. You see, 1 John chapter 2, verse number 3 and verse 4, I'm not saying he, will, he or she will do it perfectly, but her desire, her, his desire will be to, to obey God. It says, Hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, that the truth is not in him. One of the marks of someone being someone who's saved is someone who wants to obey Jesus. I'm not saying we obey him perfectly, Peter. Others didn't obey him perfectly. But that is a desire to obey Jesus. That demoniac, he wanted to do what Jesus told him to do. He might have wanted to be with Jesus, but Jesus said, do this, and he did that instead. And so as we see in the word what God would have us to do, a saved person will seek to do those things, although they will struggle with it at times. And so, just want to mention that. 1 John chapter 2, verse number 8, the, the walk of a, of a saved person is someone now who's living a life in the light rather than darkness. 1 John chapter 2, verse 8, it says, Again, a new commandment I write unto you, that which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. Would the demoniac go back to a place of cunning himself and possess the devil? No, never again. He had a new life. The darkness is past. And the true light now shines. Why? Because the Spirit's in now that person. 1 John chapter 2, verse number 9 and, and uh, through verse number 11, another difference that you'll see in someone that walks in the light, not only see someone who wants to obey and someone where the darkness is past, and there's a new life they live. There's a love for believers. First John chapter 2, verse number 9. It says, He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in light, and there's no occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness has blinded him. And so even that person who walks in darkness sometimes can't even see it. They're so blinded by the darkness. But you see that love for believers. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light. So there's this new relationship the believers have. They have brothers and sisters in Christ. And they love those brothers and sisters in Christ. See this also reaffirmed there in 1 John chapter 3, verse number 14. Let's turn over there, 1 John chapter 3, verse 14. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. No one can say, I don't love believers. And yet abide in life. They abide in death. And so there's this love, this new love for believers. I'm not saying you're going to love every believer all the time, no matter what they do, etc., but there's a new love for believers. There's, there's this camaraderie between the believer and the believer. 1 John chapter 3, also notice there, uh, sorry, 1 John chapter 2, sorry, there, if you turn back there, 1 John chapter 2, and uh, verse number 13, the Bible says, I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. They're also in a place where they now know the Father. They start knowing the things freely given to them of God. They have the mind of Christ now. They understand the Father. The words of truth that proceed from the Bible are something that they understand and perceive. 1 John chapter 3, let's turn over there, 1 John chapter uh, 3, verse number 13, they also are in a new position 
when it comes to their company. It's sad, but sometimes our company will change when we get saved. Notice in verse 13, it says, Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives to the brethren. And so someone truly loves also love and give and be a blessing to the brethren. And so the Bible does uh, teach us these things. First John there, chapter 4, verse number 13, it says, Hereby we do know that we know uh, that we dwell in him, and he is in us because he has given us of his spirit. And it says, verse 14, And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be Savior of the world. It mentions also in verse 19, we love him because he first loved us. And so we see here in the Bible a change in perception of Jesus. We love him now because he first loved us. Don't not only love the believers, but they love, they love Jesus. They truly love Jesus. They're willing to lay down their life for Jesus. They're willing to live for Jesus. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Why do some kind of a Bible study like this? Maybe just ask the person, where are you at spiritually? Are you a natural man or are you a spiritual man? You might say, well, I've never seen this stuff on the natural man, the spiritual man. But it's something that we can instruct them through. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Examine yourself whether you be in the faith. Prove yourselves, know ye not yourselves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. Jesus Christ in you, yeah, the Spirit's in you, except you be reprobates. This is a salvation supplemental lesson. There are four of them in the back. They're, again, question-answer studies that can be used for tools for evangelism. Again, we looked at the tools for evangelism. They're extensive. There's a number that we can use. You can create a Bible study of your own. There's certainly other great Bible studies, again, around the world, I'm sure. But again, these are some that you might be able to use. Again, let's close in prayer as we consider some thoughts on Bible study. Bible studies can be a process. They can take a long time, but they can be worth it in the end when some get saved. Let's pray as we consider these thoughts. Father, thank you again. For your word here tonight, pray, Lord, that you just help us to see, again, here maybe in this Bible study where uh, people stand spiritually. And, fathers, we see people through your eyes. We see people either natural or spiritual, people either having the Spirit or not having the Spirit. Help us, Lord, to deliver the gospel message that can lead to them being saved and for the Spirit to reside in them and for them to become part of the kingdom of God and to become part of the fellowship of the saints. And uh, just bless this time as we meet again here tonight. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, some thoughts on Bible studies. There's a lot of different Bible studies out there. And uh, certainly, again, sometimes you just take parts of one or another uh, to be a help to someone. And may take several of them and use to be a help. Also, okay. Have a good night. You're dismissed. Thank you for coming tonight.